Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm author and journalist Laura Price, and you're listening to Life in Food, inspiring stories in bite-sized pieces. Each episode, I interview a different guest about how food has helped them through some of their biggest challenges. With a different theme each week, we look at everything from food and love to food and friendship, food and family, and even food and grief. This week's episode is Food and Identity with Daniela Sotoines, a Mexican chef who has won many awards, including the title of World's Best Female Chef. She is featured on the cover of Vogue Mexico. She's appeared as a TV cooking show judge, and she has even cooked for the Obamas. She rose to fame as the chef partner of Cosme in New York, a restaurant so good I named my cat after it. Uh Daniela grew up in Mexico City and moved to Texas at the age of 12, where she was a competitive swimmer until she was 20. But the women in her family gave her a taste for cooking, and at the age of 14, she started working in a restaurant in Houston, then in Mexico City, and eventually moving to New York to open Cosme. I first met Daniela in 2016, when she just won the prestigious James Beard Rising Star Chef of the Year Award, aged just 25. And since then, I've interviewed her many times and also got to know her as a person and a friend, sharing a love of our pets, of Mexico, of traveling the world, and of course, of tacos. Daniela is opening a new restaurant, which she's going to tell us all about today, but we're mostly here to talk about food and identity, how she found her own identity as a Mexican immigrant in the US, how she has built a kitchen culture that champions diversity and particularly Latin Americans, and what happened to her personal identity when she left the restaurant she dedicated her life to. Daniela, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to Life in Food. Ah, Laurita, thank you so much. I'm so, so happy to be talking to you right now. (laughs) And I should say that we're talking in the dead of winter. I'm in London and you're in hot Mexico City, so I'm very jealous. With cactus behind me. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start with the identity of your cooking. Can you tell me about your food and how you would define your food? I think the food always, uh, my food always explains uh, the journeys I've been in. Uh, It's a... Obviously Mexican, the core, the core, my backbone is Mexican, but I like to cook whatever I'm feeling at the moment. Uh, so if I see, like, if, if there's something in season, if there is, you know, like right now there are like all these beautiful flowers. Uh, I don't know how I will, uh, uh, describe my food. Definitely Mexican, but with like a twist of my own imagination. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. Well, it's it's some of the best food I've ever had. I've been to. I went to Cosme several times when you were there, and I just I'm still dreaming about that <laughs> dessert, your meringue dessert. It was amazing. Why don't you tell us about your new restaurant, Rubra, which is opening next year? Yes. So Rubra, uh, the meaning of Rubra, it has a, a few meanings, but uh, the main meaning is uh, to encarnar, uh, to incarnate. Is that how you say it? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the the beginning of everything, um, but also is the is the name of uh, the Flor de Mayo, which is this beautiful flower that you see also in Hawaii. Um, oh. Uh, so it's the scientific name behind that, but also means the 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 color red when the sunrise and the sunset starts when you see it. Um, so I thought it was a beautiful name, and um, we're uh, opening in Nayarit and uh, in the jungle, and the jungle is full of those trees. Uh, and I just figured it's like a name of uh, a strong feminine but positive name. Yeah. Uh, super, super excited uh, to be opening uh, Rubra. And I, of course, don't do it alone. The chickies are coming along, uh, whom I've been working with uh, for the past eight years. The chickies uh, are your Venezuelan sisters who yes. have always worked with you, right? Exactly. They're quadruplets. They're quadruplet Venezuelans that we've worked together for a while, for a very long time, and it's the best to work with them. And um, very, uh, it's a woman power project. Uh, we have both men and women working, but the the main, uh, the heads of um, almost every department is a woman. Oh. Um, which is beautiful because you don't really see that in Mexico. Uh, not really. It didn't happen on purpose. It just happened to be that I really love their job professionally and they happen to be women. So it was beautiful. Um, and it is, it's, it's going to be a tropical Mexican food. Um, but I don't really like to, to cage myself into like a, a specific category. Mm. Uh, but you know, it's, it, it's kind of hard to, to not cook with your milpa, which is, you know, the corn, the dry corn, dry chilies, uh, beans, and um, all kind of Mexicans. It's, it's, it's really hard for me not to cook with that because my mind just completely just goes to, you know, everything is better than a tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, it is. What's it like going back to cook in Mexico? Because obviously you've been cooking in the States for a long time. Yes, you know, it's so different. Um, Everything from uh, treating with purveyors uh, to get to the the restaurant, you have to go through really rough roads that are not very mm-hmm. developed. So it's uh, <laughs> it's definitely like a a whole different deal. You know, it's a store, it's a surf town too. So it's like a it's a a, a very like peace and love <laughs> area, uh, which is really cool and. I've always wanted to come back to to Mexico. It just feels different for me. It it, it has like a for me is 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 more like a it has a I think cooking in the US for me was the American dream. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, doing being successful uh in New York was just, you know, 
it was definitely my dream and I didn't think that I was going to achieve that in such a young age. But when you achieve those things in such a young age, I wanted to start over again and I wanted to start in a, in a place where I com it's completely unknown. I feel like uh, chef years or cook years are like, you know, basketball player years or like <laughs> other players, you know, you don't have that many years of being a student. Uh, I mean, you do, but, you know, your body can just give so much. And I, I wanted, mm -hmm. I wanted to challenge myself in a way where, you know, I, I'm learning different things where um, I can give back to a place um, and it happened to just not be in a city, which I love, you know, uh, after being in New York, it's like a big, big city. I wanted a little bit more uh, peace. Uh, so very, very excited. Yeah. Well, let's talk a bit about your identity. Um, so when you won the world's best female chef award in 2019, I remember that everyone in Mexico just went crazy because you were obviously yeah. cooking in New York um, but there was this sense of pride that you were flying the flag for Latin Americans and for Mexicans on the world stage. How did that feel for you as a as a Mexican in the U.S.? First, it was a, it was very overwhelming to hear, you know, uh, and also really flattering. But it's a, also a responsibility, you know, mm -hmm. responsibility that you're giving this uh, platform to speak for people that are like you or look like you or think like you or have a very similar background and people that might sometimes think they're not good enough to be somewhere where, you know, it's not, it's not normal. <laughs> it's, it's not the yeah. norm to be, to have those flat platforms when you are young, when you're a woman, when you are uh, Latino, you know, and um, for me, it was a, an incredible amount of pride to just be able to, to represent, you know, to just represent like everyone, everyone that, you know, I, I always think, you know, when I moved to New York with like $300 and a carry-on, that was like, torn <laughs> like I didn't have any money and and looking back to to that little girl that was 23 years old that I didn't know anyone and I I was I, I was afraid of, of of opening somewhere but I there was anything I I couldn't lose anything but by trying um and when you see someone people that probably don't know me they don't know how hard it was to get there, how hard it was to to make uh, Latinos uh, proud of, you know, cooking their own food. Yeah. Uh, because when we first opened uh, Cosme, we were like uh, there was a stew pack, but really we were like the the it was the beginning of the Mexican fine dining in the U.S. Um, yeah. or outside of Mexico. So so for me, for me it was more that. Like, yes, like we did it and we can continue to, we can continue to see people that look like us there. Um, so yes, in Mexico, it was really funny because I didn't know when I, I, I got that word, I didn't know how much it was going to impact 
like students or little girls you know I literally Laura got like maybe I don't know like 10,000 letters like I will get I will get so many letters and even sent to the restaurant from all over the world of like girls saying like oh my god I don't know you but I'm so proud of you it feels like it happened to me and it was just like just like a ray of possibility positivity out of something that I didn't know it was going to be that way and um I could keep talking forever. So <laughs> yeah. it's we could just completely because I was working for for the world's fifty best restaurants at the time, and I just remember like the engagement that happened around your announcement of you winning that award was just phenomenal. It was something you know, it was it was more than the normal amount of of press <laughs> and attention. What for you? Do, do you feel that there is a responsibility for, for chefs to be role models? And what do you feel that that responsibility is? Well, you know, when you're being put in a platform to... Commu- is a, a communication platform to be able to communicate how you feel and, like, what, what, what kind of projection do you want to give to people? What kind of, like, do you want to project power? Do you want to project happiness? Do you want to project team effort? Uh, do you want to project, you know, like it, it, it's, it's what you, it's the responsibility of what you, what kind of like ethos you have and, and the projection that you have. So I just wanted to talk about my team, you know, I just wanted to say like, Hey everyone, like it was definitely not just me like there's there's a huge amount of work that like I don't do there's a huge amount of work that I got this because everyone else you know so like for me the communication was like no I'm not going to be doing this video by myself we're all going to do it no and that's sometimes I get in trouble because I say we you know and uh, mm-hmm. and everything we we are opening a restaurant we are so so but but for me that's my projection the projection of like a whole you know it's 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 we are doing this and i think that's why the award was so big because it was not only mexico it was latin america like a, a latin a latin person got this like uh so that's that's the main thing I wanted to project, you know, like we as like a super like rays of happiness and teamwork. Yeah, you I remember at the time because I did that interview with you where you just wanted to introduce me to all the Latin Americans in your kitchen and you were telling me yes. about your yeah. Venezuelans and the and the Mexicans in your team. Um you have famously championed Latin Americans and <laughs> you've always had this multicultural kitchen. Um, and you've championed immigrants to the U.S. in particular. Why was it important to you to create an immigrant-based kitchen in New York? When I came to the U.S., like, I saw how hard my parents worked, you know, and I, I like, when I first started working in kitchens, it was the Mexicans or the Latinos, but it was prep, you know, mm. or maybe someone made it to be the chef or the sous chef, but they didn't want to speak Spanish because now they have to they have to look like somebody that they grew up looking up to. You know, you look at you have all these books and you know how many of those books are 
Latin chefs, you know, from the beginning. Like I'm talking about Bocuse, you know, like that era. How many of those books were literally that li Latin chefs that lived in the U.S.? Not that many, you know. And I, um, no, like working in kitchens, the backbone of the kitchens in America are Latinos. You know, they're they're 100. So for me. It, it was just that it's like we we're we're not only the backbone but we have to have a platform to to so so people like us can you know can have businesses can have restaurants and you know feel proud even if if my my mindset was like even if you don't like me you see that I'm there and you're going to want to do the same for you yeah. you know and and that for me is the biggest reward like now you know I a lot of people that I work with at Cosme, you know, that were, were cooking um, in the kitchen when I was the head of the kitchen, they have their restaurants. And for me, that's like the biggest reward. And like, you know, working along the Chiquis for so many years, like yesterday they had an event and everyone was celebrating them. Mm -hmm. For me, that's the biggest award, you know, like seeing people that look like me or I, that that I reflect and that want to be better and and want to be you know want to keep going like that's that's for me the the biggest reward yeah so when just going back a couple of years in 2020 when we went into lockdown you yes. had been in this period of working at Cosme going up and up and up and you were working I don't know 18 hour days it was awful yes and then suddenly one day the restaurant closes, all of the restaurants close, everything mm -hmm. shuts down and it's just you in your apartment and you kind of lose your whole identity in a way as a chef. How, what was that like for you and how did it feel in terms of your identity? Well, I will be lying if, if, if like, you know, if you ask anyone, how was the pandemic for you? You know, uh, it was really scary. Like it was just, you know, I think, it was more for me, if this is my last chance, what do you want to do? Like, wh who are you? Like, I always, you know, when, when the most, at the most difficult uh, moments of my life, I always, you know, like, I, I, I try to meditate and I try to, like, ask myself that question. Like, who are you and what you're doing right now? Does it bring you any happiness? And if not, how are we going to evolve from this? Like how, if this is a really terrible moment in your life, you know, things happen. Things happen all the time and they can be fair. They cannot be fair. But how do you overcome those moments? Like what's your plan to, to be happy? Because you cannot just sit there and let, let that situation eat you alive. And you, you have to work on it every day. It's not like, oh, I'm going to wake up and now I'm going to be happy. And tomorrow is going to be a perfect day too. You no, know? like every day you have to like ask yourself and like work on yourself. And um, when all the restaurants closed, I was just, it was, you know, I started like getting like all these hives of like stress, you know. Mm. And, you know, was the, the craziest thing I was I didn't care what happened to me. I was so scared for my team. I was right. just like, I don't care. Like, I don't care if I have to sell tacos on the street. I don't, this is before we knew that there was going to be this amazing unemployment in the U.S., you know, but um, 
I, of course, like I didn't even think of like of myself. I was just, I remember when we closed, when all the, all the restaurants were closing, we were opening a restaurant in Vegas and, uh, and I wanted to just keep going and keep going and like keep, keep paying my team. And when all the restaurants closed and we were the last one standing, literally we were the last restaurant to close in Vegas. I just started crying. I was just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I cannot tell my team that like we're closing, you know, and, and it was really hard. It was really hard. And, you know, I just got, a, I got a group hug from like five people from my team. And I was so, it was so nice. They were just like, we're all going to be okay. You know, and I'm usually the one that tells people everything is going to be fine. Let's just, you know, <laughs> let's just be inspired. And it was so nice, you know, and I think that open like a, a, a different door on your brain of like, okay, now this, this close complete, these doors completely close down. How can we open more doors? How, what what are we going to do? And it can be a door of health, mm. you know? Like, it can be just, okay, well, I have this time. I haven't gone on a run in a long time. I remember, uh, you know, the, the, like, we started, like, literally, like, workout boot camp. <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is like, we're just going to get healthy because this is the body we have and this is this is what we can do right now to have a better mindset, you know? And you got your puppy, Canela. And I got my puppy, Canela. And then Canela had babies. And then Conchita came out of, uh, which is like a, it's like a little Conchita, you know, the bread, the pastry. Yeah. Uh, so it was puppies. Everything went fine. <laughs> and did you feel that sense of loss of identity as a chef? When you couldn't cook. For sure. You know, you're, you ask yourself what's important. Like what really is important? You know, uh, is it important that you make new dishes and you reinvent the wheel? No. <laughs> you know, like what's your, what's your identity is, is for me, the identity shaped, your identity is shaped by everything around yourself, your ecosystem, your friends, your, your, you know, your, your craft. But if everything, your friends are sad, your craft, you cannot do your craft because if the restaurants are closed down, then you're just, you just ask yourself, then what, you know, mm. then what, and how can I, and, and then when we reopened, it was so tough. It was so tough. Everything was like, you know, we were it was basement kitchens. We had like these masks. It was hot. It was, it, you know, people were, you know, in, in New York, a lot of people, sadly, like so many people passed away, like in the whole world. Um, but everyone is so cramped in New York that you could feel it in a way where it's just like so personal. So, you know, you open the restaurant and all you can do is to go food, you know, like... Mm -hmm. Everybody got a reality check, I feel. Well, mm. everyone around me did. I myself did. It was just like, what's important is to feed people in hospitals. That's what is important. Not the amount of butter you put in like a perfect sauce. You know, mm. it's just like, let's do a complete meal. Let's feed people. Let's make this, you know, like hundreds of meals for, for, um, 
for hospitals. And that gave us, gave us a sense of, 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 I feel like a new identity in a way of, of, I think everyone that I know had that identity of like, what's, what's really important? You know, <laughs> let's, let's just, let's just like redo how we do things, you know? And, um, it was really nice. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we need that reality check as well. Like sometimes we need a big event in life to show us yes. what's important because I like what you said about finding your happy and finding what makes you, you know, what makes you happy in life because I've had a kind of a similar experience with writing a book and I, I know a lot of people who've written a book this year and the, the trick is to not uh, invest all of your happiness in that thing because that one thing is not going to make you happy like it's a part of a whole thing that you know has to make you happy but it's it's your family it's your exercise that you do it's your puppy it's your you know it's your career it's everything all together and you just have to be careful I think to invest everything in one thing right 100% because then everything you're you're you know I, I used to I mean, I'm super young still, and I have I have many years of my craft and many years to learn. But in a really young age, I had like you know some like success, but also this reality check right away of like mm -hmm. you know this is what's real, you know this is what's real, and and you yeah you cannot put your, all your eggs in one basket because if you know if you drop the basket they all crack yeah and you have nothing you know so that's that's you know exactly like that it's a whole mm -hmm. ecosystem around you that like creates your identity in a whole yeah and we have more parallels because at the end of 2020 you left Cosme this restaurant yes. where you'd built this team you'd built this yes. culture you built this style of cuisine um, you'd invested your life in it. You'd put all of your energy in it and it was tied into your identity. You were Daniela Sotuines from Cosme. Yes. And I guess I had a similar thing when I left 50 Best. I'd been there for seven years and I was part of this community of people around the world and there was a lot of travel and, you know, it, it was this huge thing in my life. And when I left, I felt this real loss and I was suddenly just Laura with my own, you know, my own, my own world to build, but it felt like a sense of loss. What did it feel like for you leaving Cosme? Well, I, I actually left on 2021, uh, the beginning that yeah. like, new, like new year's was my last day or something like that. Or like when we had to close again, I think it was like December 20th or something like yeah. that. But, uh, to this day, people, so a lot of people think I'm still, you know, in Cosme because I was a partner there. You know, it was the, I built it from the toilet, you know, like literally from putting the toilet up. Uh, and it was, it was, uh, it was my 20s, you know, my 20s and completely uh, 10 years, you know, I dedicated 10 years to that place. And it's a place that was, my personal identity was 100% there, you know, like I did put everything, everything I had there. And in a way, I, I left for many reasons, but in a way, I woke up one day and I asked the same, I asked the same question to myself, who, I, who am I? 
who am I? Like, am I these, am I, am I these plays that I'm completely attached to that? I'm completely like, literally like so much sweat, so many tears to, am I only these plays? Because it came from Daniela from Cosme, like, oh, like it's my last name. Like, like a brand should be familiar. It's, it's, it, it should be human, but when the human gets completely, you know, like gives a hundred percent of their identity to like one place when you, like, I woke up and I said, like, this is weird. You know, like I have to do something. I'm so young. I, you know, I, I cannot just be there and do this. And, and, and the reality of things is, I was only doing it for my team. Mm. You know, I, 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 I went, but you, you run for restaurants at the same, uh, two restaurants at the same time, then you open two more and everything happened in like two years. And, you know, yes, I had all this success, but I was working so much, like a lot of people, but it was a lot, you know, it, it was w- wake up, like sleep four hours, you know, for, for 10 years. Yeah. Wow. You know, and it wasn't like that every single day, but yes, when I left Cosme, I mean, it's still hard, you know, a lot of, when a lot of people, you know, ask me for reservations and they think I'm still there or send me pictures. And it's just a little bit of like, I'm proud that it's doing well uh, and everything, but it, it is a little bit weird for me, you know, because it's just, um, it's it's like I'm always going to be part of that place, but I'm not there anymore. Yeah. So it was definitely hard, really, really hard. It's a really weird feeling. Sometimes I think uh, when I left my first job, I used to work for Bloomberg. And when I left, and I was there for the whole of my 20s. So it was a very similar thing to you. And I remember when I left, I sometimes used to walk past the building. It was this huge building in the financial area of London. And it used to feel like an ex-boyfriend. Like it used to feel like something that I was so tied to. Uh, it was just weird. <laughs> you know, every time I'm in New York, because I'm in New York a lot, I, I I go to the market and the first few times I just broke down on tears and I was just like, you know, this was my walk. This was like, yeah. I'm doing what I was doing for 10 years. And it's just like, it was really hard. Yeah. It was really hard. But, you know, it, it, this this is uh, chapters. Yeah. You know, it's like as, as much as you love uh, your first book, you know, you know, there, there, more are going to continue, and you have uh, different ideas and and a whole like a new identity. Like the twenty twenty changed everybody. Yeah, you know, and and I didn't want to give up on myself. I didn't want to give up on the idea that I had. Like there is something else out there because I was giving so much. You know. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One of my team, I think it was one of the cheekies one day, I was so tired, so tired and, uh, because we were opening, closing restaurants, opening, closing. Mm. And, and they were like, you know, if you leave, whatever you do, it will be very beautiful. And I, and I looked at them and I was just like, oh my God, like, I guess like my team also has my back. <laughs> if I, but it, well, yeah, when I left, it was a uh, hundred, uh, hundred people crying and mm. in shock. And <laughs> I was too, I was in shock, but there is a sense of, I feel like I'm myself again. There is a sense of, uh, of everything, all the attention that I gave to a specific place and a specific craft and just like breathe, sleep, wake up, food. And, and, you know, but for me it's art, like just all the time, think about your craft. And then you just, at one point you're just like, I need a break. Yeah. I need a break of me. I need a break of like my, my mind. And I want to start all over again. I don't care how hard it's going to be, but I want to start all over again, not because of a job. I want to start all over again for myself and yeah. for, you know, for to get, get back to that core of, you know, when you're a kid and all you care about is just like a ball. You know? Yeah. It's a type of grief leaving a, leaving a job. It's a type of grief that we need to be able to give time to process, I think. And I think it's something we don't talk about often enough. I know. I think there has to be like a whole podcast about like the process of the process of living. You know, like, is, is it a breakup? Is yeah, the detachment. It's like mm-hmm. a detachment. You know, like how do you detach yourself to something that you're so like you know grabbed onto? Yeah. So what <laughs> what have you learned since leaving Cosme and from leaving Cosme? Oof, it's been nearly two years. I was going to have uh, work. I, I'm working so much, but I'm working. You know, you know what I learned. I learned what I like, what I don't like. 
you know, in, in, in general, in business, mm -hmm. I think, I think that's just part of growing up. Um, you know, I, I grew up with a restaurant. So after not having that, like the style of cooking, you know, is a little bit different. I learned how to like detach myself from things and work on that. You know, this past two years have been tough, but I learned of like every day is a new day and it, it's, it's how you look. I know it sounds very cliche, but it's really how you look at it. You know, if, if, if you know, if you have, I don't know, something terrible that happens to you and you, you, you can have some, so much time of feeling bad about yourself or about what happened or if somebody that you love or care for is going through a really rough time i feel like you you should allow yourself not that long not that much time for punishing yourself and like like punishing because when you punish yourself of being like feeling so terrible you punish others around you yeah care about you so i i, I you know it, it's a mindset of being you know positivity is Positivity and, and reality, I think, like have to go hand in hand, you know, and uh, and it's just a, a mindset, you know, it's a mindset of, okay, these two shall pass, and yeah. how will it pass? Like, it, it's going to pass, yes, but how is it going to pass? It, it's on you, it's on you, and mm -hmm. and, and you know, being busy with new projects, you know, helps a lot. Um, I, I was able to do many collaboration, a lot of a lot of like cool things without really having my mind completely gone somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Can I'd like to talk a little bit about women because your inspiration to cook came from the women in your family, and you've always had a strong team of women around you, including your sisters. Um, tell me a bit about the women in your life and how they have shaped your identity. Well, I, yes, I grew up with all incredible women. Uh, my cousins are women. I, I have maybe like, I, I have a few uh, men uh, cousins, but the, the whole, my whole family, which is very big from my mom's side, uh, all women, it was a madhouse when my grandma's house was just like all women cooking and it was all around cooking all around food and we had I remember we had like we had a patio big table and uh, the table in the kitchen and the table in the dining room all full of food every Sunday you know of like everyone was cooking a different thing except my sisters they don't like cooking but uh <laughs> I remember going to my first kitchen job and not seeing women. And I thought it was so weird because for me, it's like women are bosses. <laughs> they're just, they're the ones that, you know, uh, they're the strong ones for me. Like I grew up that way. I, I my, my dad taught me that way. You know, he, um, he used to be a basketball player. So for, like, he always trained us, you know, he always said like exercise and, and I grew up with really strong women. So seeing growing up and seeing that that wasn't the reality everywhere, not that women were not strong. It was that there wasn't a structure to make women strong mm -hmm. in their craft. And 
you know there there was a lot of there was a there was a lot of time you know in my teens when it, i was completely blindfolded by it you know i was i knew it was a thing but for me i was just like okay i guess this is how it works in the us or because i didn't work in kitchens in mexico i was just i didn't quite understand until i started getting better at cooking I started having better jobs and it wouldn't get easier for a woman. It would just be like, oh, you're a pastry. And it's like, well, it was great for me because I learned how to be a really good pastry cook. Uh, but it was more like, it was different. And um, it was the mind for me. I said, when I have, when I'm the, you know, when I'm the chef de cuisine or when I'm the head chef of a restaurant, I'm going to give equal opportunities. You know, I remember perfectly when Steffi, uh, one of the chickies, came in to ask for a job. I got her resume first. And it was an incredible resume from Spain. Uh, I asked her to come. Like, she came in. And they tell me, there's a little girl upstairs saying that she has an interview with you. It was like a little girl. No, they were like, I was like, what do you mean a little girl? She says, yeah, she looks like 13. And I was like, what? I only had this interview with this like chef of seven years. She came down to the kitchen and she faked her voice. She made a deep voice like, my name is Estefania. And I, was, I looked at her and a lot of things went through my mind. I was just like, what is going on? But also I said, well, if this girl has this resume and she apparently can cook, then she should show it. And, you know, at that time, I think it was like 50-50 men and women. No, there was more women, I think. But on the line, there were like, you know, these like tall, huge guys. And I, I put her in like the most difficult station and she didn't do anything for like the first hour. <laughs> I was 30 minutes and I said like, what are you like? I, I I looked at her and I said like no like there is, I said it to myself like I'm not going to let like a girl look so scared in the kitchen you know like she just has to like uh, demonstrar she has to show that she's good you know and I was like what are you doing like do you want this job or, or like you're just going to stare at me for pick <laughs> this guy of the station and she it was at Saturday night and she killed it, you know, and like that was really beautiful, you know, and then her sister came. I remember like I didn't know she was a quadruplet, but then her sister she I said, if there was only one more person, just like she's like, I'm a quadruplet. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And you have never let them leave you since. No, no. I think I think uh it's also the other way around. I told the chickies, you know, like if you want to do whatever, I'll just be your dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just we'll just work for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love to surround myself with strong women. I love I, I I love to see you know the the chefs I admire a lot. A lot of them are women. Of course, I admire them for being strong women, but also like their crafts are different. You know, the, the, there's, like, there's, there's this fem, feminine touch of things that are very elegant. There's just, you can tell when there is a woman behind the kitchen. I, I just feel it. I feel it. I, I, I've, I've gone many times to restaurants where I don't know the chef, where I have no idea 
you know, like it's just a regular restaurant that I don't know about. And you can tell when a woman is cooking. Maybe I'm crazy, but we haven't gotten it wrong. You know, it's just like there's something about it. There's a, there's a, something about the environment. There's something about the movement. Can I ask you what it is like to be a woman and an immigrant woman in the U.S. right now? And the U.S. is like another like political, you know, craziness. But uh, I feel, at least on the blue states, <laughs> I feel like immigrant women have been getting a little bit more praise mm-hmm. and a little bit more. It's it's a tough question, eh? It's a tough question. I. I there, there are many beautiful times and there are some times that I'm just like, this is just so unfair to be an immigrant woman. And an immigrant period is already difficult enough, you know. Yeah. Uh, I just left the West Coast. I was in the West Coast for two years and it was so weird. You know, like people were looking at me like, where is she coming from? <laughs> You know, like when you get, you know, it's like when somebody talks to you and they talk to you like really slow, like, you know, like right away, you know, but uh, that's a difficult question. I want to think more about that because that's a, that's a a strong question that I, I, I haven't really asked myself enough. Like, what is it, what is it like? I, is is scary, you know, uh, especially because of the political situation. Um, I, I was very lucky to to be in a place where I could go back to my country anytime I wanted to. Yeah. And that that going back to the question or the conversation that we had about immigrants or why was I so proud? Like why why was Cosme successful or like like growing up in restaurants and my friends couldn't go back to their countries, you know? Yeah, like Venezuela, for example. Venezuela, for example, Mexico, people that don't have papers, you know? Yeah. And, and there's this sense of pride, you know? Sometimes it's like, why is... Is is the U.S. more, you know, like the Independence Day in the U.S. or this, you know, these these days, like, like you you hear a song and you are in this karaoke and you hear all these people singing from the top of their lungs all together, not only Mexicans but all these whole family and and a lot of us had the same thing in common. Most of us, we just want, we wish we were back in our countries. Right. Wish we could have this success in our countries, mm-hmm. you know, have be able to afford, you know, to go to nice places. To go. And and you know, I, and I feel, you know, the immigrant story is that you know you work to send money to your families, or you work to one day come back to to your roots. That's so interesting. It's really yes. interesting. Are you planning on staying in Mexico? Uh, for now. <laughs> for, now. Uh, for now, yes, for now we're in Mexico. Uh, I love New York. Um, I, I think like one day I will come back. It's, it's, it's not, 
it's not the right time. You know, my other favorite city is London. I love London Yay, so much. Yay, come to London, Danny. Open a restaurant in London, please. <laughs> I have to tell you. And, um, yes, but right now, I travel a lot, but yes, Mexico will be the, the base, the home base. Awesome. Mexico is amazing. Um, can I ask you about fame? Because if we look back maybe 20 years, chefs were not in the spotlight. It's a quite a recent thing. But your career, whether you like it or not, has been very much in the spotlight. I'm not saying that it was intentional, but you have become pretty famous. You know, you're on the cover of Vogue in Mexico and you've been on TV and you've cooked for the Obamas. You've done so much stuff. How, how has that fame affected you? Good and bad. <laughs> Everybody... I, I, I mean, I'm not famous, but uh, it, it, I don't know. I think my mom thinks so, but uh, yeah, there, right. there, has been, there has been a good part of it and a bad part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the good part of it is that inspiring other people that uh, look like me or, or want to have the same path in a way. And, and, and they see, and, and they see all of these, you know, but the bad thing is a lot of people don't understand how hard I work to get there or how tough it has been. And, and uh, there is a lot of, a huge space for criticism. You know, there was a, a um, se llama? this beautiful singer, uh, Amy Winehouse is like, you know, I don't wish fame on anybody, you know, just fame is like, you know, fame is like a, it's, it's como una enfermedad. It's like an illness, like an illness. You know, sometimes. And, and it's, it's just, there there's a huge space for criticism and you cannot mess up if you mess up. I think in, 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 especially in America, you build heroes to destroy them. And mm-hmm. I think, I think that's the part that I don't like, you yeah. know, that the, the, um, fame is a very dangerous thing. Mm. Being yeah. being a public person is a very dangerous thing, but also it's a very beautiful thing because you can do good and you can impact things. But uh, it, it 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 changed my life a little bit in a way where you know we 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 cannot just go to a restaurant incognito. <laughs> <laughs> you know to like a restaurant of like a non-chef or or whatever but uh it also has helped my team um my team is you know always we have right now uh, i don't know if you remember ugo he's also with us and uh, i think it has helped uh also my team to feel you know that they they've been traveling we've been traveling a lot you mm-hmm. know we've traveling to talk about different things to cook uh and that's beautiful uh but if i was to start over again it would be also really nice to not have the fame yeah (laughs) and to uh but i think it's just a, a space where you can talk about it you know and you can you can talk to people and, um, and, and be human. There has to be like a moment where you can just be human and talk about your feelings, which is really nice that we're talking about that now, you know, mm-hmm. and 
And uh, but if you see someone, I'm not really famous, but if you meet someone really famous and you ask them about fame, they probably just be like, "It's the worst thing that has ever happened to me," you know? For sure. Yeah. Uh, because it, it 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 does have like this. You're 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 definitely a target. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, for sure. You're constantly, constantly under scrutiny. And I can't imagine how hard that must be. Yeah, uh, honestly, in New York, it was the worst part. You know, what's a funny thing when I got that word, it, got, it was, very, I didn't understand how big it was going to be. We had this uh, El Gordo y la Flaca, which is like uh, gossip uh, uh, TV show. And we had all these like, kind of like opera-like people, you know, that yeah. would come to the restaurant to take a picture with me. But it got to a point, we, we used to do 300 covers every day. You know, it was like, uh, it was, it, it was, you know, it was work. It was real work. And it got to a point where so many people were wanting photos, but also criticizing everything that I cooked or my team cooked. That are like, how they pour water, how... Like, should we have Michelin stars? We... And there was a point that, like, I think it was, like, for a whole maybe four months. I think it lasted for, like, six months, the constant, like, photographers outside, literally, like, a gossip show, you know? And, yeah. and I used to use the the garbage elevator. Wow. So, like, come out of the restaurant. Like, wow. I used to have the cooks help me go like take me to the metro or take me because it was just like that it was so weird and I said I'm just a cook like people just get obsessed with an idea of fame and I need to take a picture of the the hot thing right now but what are you going to do with the photo when everyone forgets because there's going to be a new hot thing but what happens with the mental health of that person is important. So I always wanted to remind remind myself, like, this is just temporary. This is just temporary. And it was really nice. I love it. I, I love the, the 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 love that I could spread, but there was yeah. tough moments. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't doubt it. What advice would you give to anyone who is still trying to figure out their identity, whether that identity is as a chef or whether they're just trying to figure out who they are in general? Well, the identity is in your ecosystem and your surroundings. And if you find your surroundings, you find yourself unhappy with your surroundings because you're making it that way, your mind is going that way, or it is really a bad surrounding, get out of it. Get out of that situation and work, like get healthy, you know, and work in a uh, meditate like working a, a way where you can get out of that situation and you can you can be happy and the what i i think identity is the ecosystem is your ecosystem is your travels is your journey and if you are not liking your past journey or your ongoing journey and you have that, uh, that identity loss, you have to be able to call yourself out and get out of that situation and, and move forward. Uh, and I think you will be very happy, you know, but it's, 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 a, it's a constant work. It's not easy, yeah. you know. And, and what advice would you give to your, let's say, 12-year-old self before you started cooking about what would happen in your future? Get a good accountant, a good lawyer. I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> what what words would you say to yourself, to young Daniela, about now to like prepare you for the future? All the moments of insecurity are not real, and just because uh, uh, because something is hard doesn't mean that you have to be extremely insecure about who you are as a person and who you are as your craft. Just believe on the things that you can do and dreams, <laughs> the dreams do come true. Like the dreams of me, like, you know, it depends what kind of dream was. Like my dream was to open a restaurant in New York when I was like 40, wow. <laughs> you know, when you work hard, you know, and, and don't listen to those little voices in your head that tell you you're not good enough. Are you extremely insecure? No, no. But when you're when you're a, a little, you know, when you first start uh, working for something, and you don't see fruit, you know, it's like, you know, pineapples take two years to grow. You yeah. know, start you, you start know, to question yourself. You start questioning, like, is this, you know, on the on the second month, is this pineapple going to grow fast enough? You know, it, it takes, you know the time but yeah 100% I was super insecure when I first started cooking and when I first when I it was more it wasn't not it was not when I first started cooking it was when I first started cooking in different in difficult kitchens and mm-hmm. uh, I was just kind of like I'm not going to show it but it is like it's a competition this is you know it's hard it's tough work and and but I've always had like a very positive outcome and it always comes with exercise or it, or it always comes with, you know, the people that I surround myself with. So, um, yes, I yeah. want to to another answer. But <laughs> That's so funny. When you said pineapples take two years to grow, I thought that was a metaphor. And then I realized you were actually talking about pineapples. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to finish off by asking you the quick questions that I ask okay. everyone on this podcast. Yes. Your relationship to food, fuel or pleasure? Pleasure, fuel. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know. Uh, oh, that's so hard. Uh, pleasure. Okay. Favorite meal of the day? Breakfast. Name one meal that always makes you feel happy. Tacos. One food that has healed you? Quesadillas. Quesadillas, <laughs> mm, yeah. One dish that reminds you of family? The corn husk meringue. <laughs> oh, yeah. So for anyone listening, the corn husk meringue was Danny's signature dessert at Cosme, and it's just the most delicious dessert I've ever had. <laughs> One recipe that everyone should know how to cook? Ah, creme anglaise. You have to have ice cream. You have to know how to make ice cream. Mm, okay. <laughs> Your best meal ever? Oof, it's so hard. My best meal ever. I think it was the last meal I had with my grandma, and it was uh, mole. Oh, uh, and it was just the time and the moment that I knew that that was going to be the last meal oh. that I had with her. And I cherish that every single day. Oh, that's so special, mole. What was your grandmother's <laughs> name? Carmen. Carmen. <laughs> Finally, some food for thought. What is the one piece of advice you would give to anyone about food and identity? Persistence. 
Persistence. What in terms of finding your identity? Yes, like persistence and patience to, you know, find yourself. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I just want to thank you. Uh, You're so amazing. And I know that you've been through so much, like health-wise and personally, and you just do good all the time. And I'm just so happy to have met you uh, in Um, my journey. And thank you for this. I'm actually, this was a super pleasant and beautiful time (laughs) talking to you. Uh, I was almost going to light up candles over here. But thank you, Laurita. (laughs) Thank Thank you you so much. It's it's true. We've been, like, I feel like we met and we've been through kind of years years together and i've got to know you and it's been really awesome so thank you thank you so much for coming on the podcast have a beautiful night laurita if you enjoyed this podcast with daniela sotuines you can find her on instagram at daniela sotuines to find out all the news about her new restaurant rubra as well as the other exciting new projects she's working on you can also find me on Instagram at Laura Price Writes for more information on my past and future podcast guests. And you can buy my novel, Single Bold Female, in bookshops and online. If you're listening to this podcast in early January 2023, then you can buy my hardback. And the paperback version is out on the 19th of January with a gorgeous, brand new, bright yellow cover that's beautifully sunshiny and rather reminiscent of Mexico and Daniela's sunny personality. I will actually be in hospital when it comes out, having had an operation. So if you'd like to support me, then please do go out and buy it. If you're enjoying this podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whichever platform you're listening on and give it a review or a rating as it really helps other listeners to discover the podcast. Please also hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the next episode, which comes out in two weeks time. Thank you so much for listening to Life in Food with Laura Price. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.